Strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Fat Cats, where we help high-performing creative teams get even better. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. I am really excited about this episode with Ben Amos. Not only was he calling in from the other side of the world in Australia, but he is the first person I've talked to who really identified himself as a video strategist. And uh, just in my journey, it's been a bit from kind of viewing myself as a video producer to then switching and viewing myself more as a as a content strategist. And um, so finding someone else who really viewed themselves that way as a video strategist was just so encouraging. And um, I, in this podcast, I just learned a lot from him. And in our conversation, we dive into why you need a strategy and why you can't just start producing content, you know, producing tactics for the sake of tactics without a strategy, when you'll be much better off having a solid strategy going in and then gradually adapting your tactics or the video producing. And then towards the end, we kind of dive into being able to understand what tool is best for, for what thing. So when we look at it, you have you know video, there's podcasting, there's words and text. When should you be using each one? We also dive into that process that people go through when they buy something. So people make a decision based on emotion and then they look to justify it with facts and rational data or information. And that's why through this journey, you need to be able to identify ways of creating content for your customers at different stages and addressing them at their different needs. So whether it's engaging them emotionally, touching on their pain points, and then walking them through a process and giving them information that's rational to help them make a decision, and then following up after the purchase, make sure you use video to, to follow up and connect at a deeper level. So without further ado, here's Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. Our guest on the show today is Ben Amos, calling in all the way from Australia, which in, I forget, where are you located in Australia? Heck, g'day, Wesley. I'm in Queensland, Australia, on the Sunshine Coast, best beaches in the world, if I do say so. And uh, yeah, it's summer down here, so it's nice and hot. No, I know uh, here in uh, the DC area, we're scheduled to get a little bit of snow tomorrow, so we're definitely not summer right now, that's for sure. <laughs> no. No, well, thanks so much for being on on the podcast. I know I was just really attracted to your work when you kind of self-labeled yourself as a video strategist. Um, it was something I had been searching around for quite some time as I was struggling with, you know, what is my my role? Is it more of like, you know, start off obviously like, you know, going way back a photographer and then switched into video and video producer. Um, and then had kind of more recently switched to view myself as a, as a kind of a strategist, as a content strategist. Um, and, uh, so I just felt like I really wanted to learn a lot from you because of the fact that here's someone who was a video strategist. And so I just, I'd love to dive in a little bit. Like, why did you decide to become a video strategist and what was it that prompted you to switch from just being kind of video producer to more of a strategist? Sure. Thanks for that, Wesley. Look, um, the transition that, that I've been on to calling myself and now being recognized as a video strategist has been, has been a journey. And really what it comes down to is like you, the back, my background has been in video production. So actually you're working with our clients to produce videos for, for their business. And, um, so we've been running a video production agency here for the last 10 years. And the background there was really straight down the line, video production, a client would come to us, they would say, we want a video 
this is what we want the video to do or to be about and we'd go, cool, yep, let's make the video and we'll go ahead and we'd go into pre-production, we'd start shooting, editing, deliver the video and say good luck to the clients. We'd get paid and everyone would be happy. The video was great. Everyone would pat themselves on the back. We would go on to find our next video production client and that was the cycle that it was on. That's pretty standard for a video production company. I think though maybe it's my inquisitive nature or um, my ability to kind of do the best for our clients or I guess my desire to do our best for our clients is I, in one particular case, I remember looking back, this is about six years ago on a video that we produced for a client and they'd spent, you know, a few thousand dollars on this video and they loved the video. It was great. But I checked back and six months later, all they'd done is stuck it up on a YouTube channel and it had got a lousy 34 views. And Immediately, I, th I thought, this isn't returning on that client's investment. There's no way that 34 views on a video they've spent thousands of dollars on is doing them any justice. So I realized I was failing our clients. Something was missing. Yeah, $100 per view is pretty expensive there. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Probably more than that. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, there was something missing, you know, and I didn't really know what was missing, but I knew that something was missing. And that kind of kicked off for me a journey um, to learn about digital marketing strategy and learn about this very early idea of what we now know as video strategy. And it was based on just good marketing strategy. And so I, I learned from some great marketers in the world. I listened to podcasts. So I would go to conferences, I'd, I'd take courses, and I started to learn more about what good digital marketing strategy is and started to apply that to our clients and the video content we were producing. And over time developed, I guess, an approach in a way that we approach video strategically now for our clients so that we're ensuring that the videos that we create are the right videos and they're set up the maximum possibility of success and therefore return on investment. So we don't, ideally, we don't get those 34 views six months later anymore. And and so when it comes to the strategy, what did you find were some of the mistakes that are often happening, whether it's a communications director or marketing director um, who says, oh, I, I need to be doing video. Let's, let's go produce a video. What are some of the common mistakes that you think people can avoid in the strategy space? I think the most common mistake is just not approaching things strategically. So instead of um, looking at video as part of a wider marketing strategy, or with some kind of strategic thought behind it, they're looking at video purely as a tactic. And as video has become more and more, I guess, uh, popular or accessible or everywhere online these days, the desire to create video has been increasing exponentially over the last number of years. So more and more people are using video and wanting to do video, but because they're just focused on the video, they're really focused on video for the sake of video not video with a strategy behind it. There's a great quote that I often um, reference, which was by a guy called Sun Tzu, who wrote a book called The Art of War. The Art of War was written about war in ancient China, 500 years BC. But you know what he shares in this quote is really relevant today in, in modern digital marketing. And he says that strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. And the thing there is that strategy is like your plan, right? So having a good, robust plan and then tactics is your video. 
problem is most people are focused on just creating tactics without strategy, and that's just noise. The last thing we want to be achieving with any video content we create for a brand or business is just adding to the noise because it's a very noisy place out there in the world of the internet. And we don't want to just be adding to that noise because people are ignoring the noise. There's too much noise. So we need to cut through with good strategy. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely no shortage of videos being produced out there. Um, and, you know, just I think assuming that you can create one and, and put it up there is, um, you know, definitely not not the case. I mean, I think, you know, if some people kind of view as, oh, if we were producing a video for a live event where there's a captive audience, well, that that might have worked at one point um, or it works if you have a captive audience. But if you're just especially for Internet, it's like there's so many things competing for your interest that having just a video by itself isn't going to, you know, dictate necessarily that success. Yeah. So what are some of the, the tips that you recommend for people as they're thinking through through things um, before they produce a video? What do you, what is your general like process workflow in, in in a short amount of time? I know you have a pretty robust process, but what is that like? Sure. Look, I think the key thing is that a good strategy starts with the audience in mind first. So you need to know who you're trying to reach, who you're trying to talk to with your content and what sort of action you want them to take. Okay. Because if you really know your audience, you know how to basically communicate a message to them that's going to get them to take some sort of action. And that's at the end of the day, that's the, the role that we want video to play for the purpose of business is to get someone to take some sort of action, whether that be, um, you know, follow your brand or, or buy your product or get on your email list or, um, you know, even just want to learn more about what it is that you do. So taking that action is critical. So when you think audience first, when you try and understand your audience, it kind of, it's a bit of a mindset shift often for people who have focused on just creating video tactically, that they tend to be coming at it from their own perspective. So as a brand or a business, we want to make a video that says this message. Okay, what do we need to do to make this video? Let's go ahead and make it and get the message out there. The paradigm shift here when you think about the audience first is instead you're asking yourself, what do we need that audience person to feel, think, or do in order to take the right action that we want them to take. And then instead, you're going to now approach the content, the video content that you produce through that lens of how can I make someone who I know really well, that audience person, how can I make them feel, think, or do something and then take that action? Does that make sense? At its foundation, that's what it needs to do. Yeah. So you're really thinking through kind of what the audience is, who the audience is, and what, what you want them to go in terms of that process of undergoing what they think, what they feel, even, you know, how they get to that watching that video and think from that perspective first before necessarily just thinking, hey, I want to tell, talk about myself or talk about our organization um, completely separate from what the audience is going to think. Yeah, it's recognizing that everyone goes through life with their own lens on, you know, they're basically going through life. It's that idea of what's in it for me. People only care about themselves at the end of the day. And as a brand or a business, you need to show up for your audience in a way that makes them care about the outcome that your brand or business can provide to them. It's not about you. It's not about your brand or business. It's about your customers and your clients. So I know we, before we hit record here, Wesley, we talked about um, StoryBrand and Donald Miller, for example, and a great resource for people to check out is any, anything from those guys, particularly, particularly the book StoryBrand or building a StoryBrand. He talks about the idea of 
um, the, the brand or the business not being the hero of the story, but rather the, the client or the customer needs to be the hero of the story and the brand or the business needs to come alongside the hero as the guide or the mentor to help them achieve a successful outcome in life. And that's really at the foundation of what good strategy is, is it's not about you. It needs to be about them and how you can show up for them with your content. No, absolutely. I'm definitely a huge fan of story brand myself and uh, definitely highly recommend the, the book and, um, and their podcast uh, as well. And, and so how do you usually try to find out what people are looking for uh, in terms of recommendations? So if you want to get in the mind of your client, um, do you have any steps with like keywords or what, is, what does that look like? Do you, what do you recommend? So you need to, first of all, know that customer. So do that profiling of your customer. Which is like a customer avatar or something like that. Yeah, creating a customer avatar might be a, a process that people are familiar with. Really know them better than they know themselves and not just demographically. So don't just know how old they are and where they live and you know what color hair they have and that sort of stuff. But what you need to do is to know them psychographically as well. So really understand what makes them tick. Really get into their heart and their minds because when you identify those things that make them tick, you know how to reach them with messaging through your video content at different stages of the journey that they're going to go on to buy from your brand or business. So everybody, whether they're buying a donut as they walk through a shopping mall or the services of a law firm to get them out of hot water, they're going through the same process. There's a journey that they go through to eventually make a decision to buy. And when you understand the customer and the journey that they're going on from that initial trigger, that kind of makes them, kicks them off on this journey through to the decision that they make to actually part with their cash. When you understand that journey, we can reach them with content at different stages of that journey. And that content is going to be different as people move towards buying from you. So I guess at the top level, that's the way you need to be thinking about this is first sitting down with your team or your whoever, and really just working out what is the journey that someone, your ideal customer goes on to buy from you right from when they first have that sudden realization in the middle of the night, when they cold up, when they wake up in a cold sweat, realizing that I need something in my life that's going to make my life better. And that thing happens to be your product or service, right? So we could go deeper in all of that, but um, at its foundation, that's what it looks like. Okay. And so then you kind of recommend, I know in terms of like keywords or finding ways that first customer interaction do you either recommend doing like, how do you, how do you get a hold of customers from the very beginning? Is it a combination of ads? Is it keywords? What do you recommend as that first, first touch or ways of, of strategy there? So at the beginning of that journey, um, your, your ideal customer is they care about what's what they care about. You know, they're, they're in their own head. They're in their own hearts. They don't care about you, your brand, your business, your product, your service, whatever. All they care about is the pain they're feeling, which is an emotion. So if we can reach them first by really understanding what emotions are they feeling and how can we show up and connect with those emotions in a positive way so that they start the journey to getting to know, like, and trust our brand or business. So the first way that we need to be engaging with our ideal customer is building that right emotional connection, getting them to buy in before we ask them to buy from us. And buying in is an emotional connection, right? So if we can get them to buy in then we can move them down towards um, buying from us. So there's the second kind of process there is when they're in that consideration phase. So now they're, they're aware of a need for something to buy something or to 
to make a decision about something in this consideration phase, what they're really wanting is answers. So they're asking questions. They're either at a barbecue on the weekend and talking to people about the problem that they have and what they should do to solve that problem. Or they're on the internet and they're Googling stuff, you know, they're searching for answers. So our role here is to show up as a brand or a business with the, with the answers to their questions. And this is where, as you say there, Wesley, this is where in this consideration phase of the journey where keyword research can be really important. Because if you can use the data that's available to you online to figure out what people are searching for that's relevant to your brand or business, then that's the kind of content you can create to show up for people in the way that they need you to show up for them at that stage of their of their journey to buy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's just making sure that if people are facing a problem, they're looking for something that's going to make their life better, it's going to help them, you know, survive or thrive that when they're searching for it, you're going to show up as as a business, as a service, as a product um to help to help meet that need that are as a solution to their problem that they have. Yeah, so the trigger is an emotional thing. So it starts with an emotional connection and that triggers them into this, this journey to buy, right? And then in, when they're in the journey, when they're in that process of deciding on what to buy or who to buy from or whatever it may be, and sometimes that's a very long part of the journey, sometimes very short depending on the product or service. But in that process, what they really want is helpful content. They want you to show up and answer their questions. And, and like we said, keyword research is a great way to work out what those questions are. But at the end of the day, you just need to think, how can I provide value to our ideal audience here? And so that they begin to trust me or my brand or, or what we do. And they, they begin to like us. They know well, we're positioned as experts in this area, the best choice for them. And then as they move down towards actually making the decision, the decision to buy, that's where we need to actually overcome the rational objections that's preventing them from potentially buying from us. So, you know, when we get down to the purchase end of the journey, this is where we need to be really thinking about what's stopping people from buying from us. So we know that they're an engaged and qualified prospect. So how can we use video or create content here that overcomes any objections and helps them really understand that, this is the thing I need to buy. Okay, here's my credit card. Here's my cash. I'm going to buy this thing. So yeah, does that make sense that we're kind of changing the way we're communicating to people as they move closer to buying from us? Yeah. And, and I know too, I know, and I've heard you say, and I've heard other people say where it's like, we, we make a decision to buy something based off emotion and then, and then justify it with facts. Um, so as, as you kind of move down that spectrum, um, do you find that the kind of content you need to produce as you get closer to buying, tends to be less emotional and more like dry in terms of laying out the facts for the brain? Or what do you usually recommend as people get closer to that, like the buying stage? Yeah, 100%. You've got it spot on is the idea that the you need to start with emotion. And then um, when people are, you know, engaged in a buying decision, so they're, you know, think bricks and mortar, when they're in the store, they're there because they want to buy something you know, usually to generalize here, they're there because they have purchase intent, right? So when they're, so effectively they're at the end of that journey that we've just described. Same thing online, you know, when they're on a website or on an e-commerce store or whatever, they have purchase intent. The goal here when they're at the bottom is just, they want the rational information that's going to overcome any fear or objection they have from buying. And you're 
role is to deliver that to them. Conversely, at the beginning of the journey, they're not even necessarily thinking of buying something. They're just thinking of the pain that they're feeling. And if your content can show up and connect on the right emotional level with them right at the beginning of the journey, then they're more likely to be now in your customer journey, right? They're going to be on the journey with you. So it's very different. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that the, uh, the content at the purchase end of that journey is dry. It doesn't need to be dry. Um, the power of video here at the purchase end of the journey is you can deliver rational information while still connecting on, an, on a human level. So by using people in your videos and things like that, kind of think of it like a digital version of a good face-to-face salesperson in a bricks and mortar store. You know, that person still, still smiles and makes a great human connection so that you like them and trust them, but they're actually, they're giving you the rational facts that you need to know so that you're going to part with your cash and buy the thing. Yeah. I think, I think rational is probably a better word than, than dryer. So kind of a rational content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And then, so then after they buy, um, in terms of what are your, what are your recommendations on video afterwards, whether it's like personalized messages or do you have any tips and, um, recommendations there in terms of how you can use video after someone's purchased? Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because it's often forgotten about is people think of, of the marketing funnel of being ending at the purchase, you know? So when someone buys something, that's, you're done. If you've done the job, move on to finding the next customer. But the reality is, is that it's much easier to sell to people that you've already sold to before. And we talk about, you know, measuring things like lifetime value or LTV or um, looking at your existing customer base as your key referral source for new clients. So when we recognize that the journey doesn't end when they buy, that there are other stages of that journey where they move into loyalty for your brand and potentially advocacy for your brand, where they're raving fans of your brand or business, um, then using video to reach those people and to help improve the customer experience can be really, really powerful. One of the easiest way to do that is to use video immediately after the purchase has been made to thank someone or recognize them or to onboard them to your process so that you can overcome things like buyer remorse because it's buyer remorse is very real. They part with their cash and then they're like, ah, did I make the right decision? And if you can immediately overcome that by using video to make, you know, even to say something like, well done, you made an awesome decision. You know, it's going to be excellent for you to buy this, to have this product or service in your life. Um, people are going to start to feel like, oh yeah, cool. I, I did a good job. I made the right decision. Um, and, you know, at its simplest form, that's a great, great tool to use to start to build that lifetime value of the customer. No, great. So we can have those three stages where it's that emotional connection and then switching over to more of the rational content that gives people information leading up to the purchase. And then afterwards, post-purchase, kind of like that reassuring video. So I'm curious, how would you divide up percentages? So let's say a client came to you with a process and they said, we have $10,000 for the process for these kind of like three zones. How would you recommend like dividing up the budget? Do you have any recommendations there? Like, would you, would you put a lot more money on that emotional side where it's attracting clients and then less on the um, rational and then on the post-purchase, it doesn't need to be high production value, but something simple or how would you, do you have any recommendations on how to divide up? Yeah, look, it's always going to be a, it depends kind yeah. of a thing. And what it comes down to is there's no cut and dry rule here. I mean, you know, video 
as a form of communication can be used effectively across all of that journey that we've described there. What it comes down to as a video strategist is to sit down with the client and really identify where the gaps are in their current marketing and communications. So for example, um, you know, there, there could be a brand or a business that comes to you with that $10,000. And when you analyze what they're currently doing, you might realize that they've got, um, they're really good at converting. So they're really good when they've got a customer kind of in their net, so to speak, they can, they can sell to them. So in order to grow their business and move the needle and return on investment for their video strategy, they should be apportioning most of that budget to getting more people into that journey and into the top of the funnel there for them. So they should be focused more on the emotional stuff at the top, right? Or the beginning of the journey, because they're good at what they're currently doing is good at converting people. Um, Conversely, the, the opposite of that is, um, and I've worked with businesses before that have got fantastic awareness of their brand. So everybody pretty much in their target market knows that they exist. But the problem is that they identified is most people don't really understand the full extent of what they do. Okay. So in that case, you know, it's a brand that people know. So you probably don't need to spend a lot of time on brand awareness. So people are aware of your brand. Instead, you probably need to focus more of your budget on that middle of the funnel, like really helping people understand, you know, the detail of what you actually can help people with and probably more so in the conversion end of the funnel, because at the bottom of the, of the journey there, if you've got a lot of people who are aware of you, but not enough people are buying from you, then that's where you need to focus your attention and focus your budget on helping more of those people understand, you know, the benefit of actually parting with their cash. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it depends thing. And, and that's the role of, of people like us as video strategists is to help people identify, you know, where the gaps are and then to plug the gaps with, with the right videos and use them in the right way. No, that, that's great. And so I think it's definitely requires some, you know, some analysis to kind of like think through what is the issue and what is the problem you're trying to solve. Um, I think that's something too that I find that people are often, they're, they're not quick enough to identify the problem in terms of like, what are you actually trying to do? And they, they try to assume, jump to, we want to make a video about this without asking, well, is that a problem? Do our customers not aware of this? Or, you know, they just kind of make a checklist in their mind of things they want to produce without asking whether it's actually going to move the needle uh, for their customer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not looking at it strategically like we've talked about. Yeah. So great. So, um, so I'm too curious, you know, I know you run a podcast, um, you know, and, and someone who's, I know is mentioned, followed, you know, story brand. No, they put a heavy emphasis on, on the words you use. What are your thoughts on like, what is, what are podcasts good for? You know, when should you rely on like text and email? What do you think is the strength of each one? Cause I know it's, they're all different tools. Um, but in, in today and age, you know, almost, almost 2020, what do you feel like each one is good at? for like, when should you use each tool? Kind of like, you know, if, if you just have a hammer, everything is a nail, the old saying, but um, you know, what are the strengths of, of each one of them? I think what it comes down to is that all of these methods of communication that you've, you've talked about there, whether it be the written word, whether it be audio and podcast video, whether it be holograms in the future, whatever it's, it's the reality is they're all just methods of communicating an idea from one brain to another. Right? And that's at the end of the day, what we want to do is to communicate an idea from our brand to our customer and hopefully engage with them so that they take some sort of action. Um, words can be fantastic at doing that. 
you know, good copy on a website can be super powerful in doing that. Audio can be really powerful at engaging people in an intimate way. That's why I podcast. You know, that's why I, um, I build the relationships with my audience I do on podcasts and same with you here. Video has its, it has its own pros and cons, you know. So video is, there's a reason why video is everywhere and why every social media platform is a video platform is because that's one of the most human ways of engaging with people through these digital channels because we can, it's, a, it's kind of like the one-two punch of, of rational information but also human connection. And so video really can't be ignored. And obviously we're biased towards video here, but um, the reality is, is you need to use video when it's the right form of content for an idea. And if your idea is more suited to written words, then do that. You know, the front page of your website, I would absolutely place more emphasis on the headline on your website rather than the video on the front page of your website. Because the way that humans are going to engage with your website, they're going to skim read first. They're going to open the website and in the first seconds, they're going to know if they're in the right place or not. So nailing that headline at the top of the website is critical. And then putting that video under that is going to keep people on page longer and start to build that relationship if that video does a good job. So there's no right or wrong answer as far as you should be doing that type of content or that type of content. It's about showing up for your audience with the right type of content that's going to connect with them in the right way where they are at that time. No, so, sounds good. That's, that's, uh, that's really helpful there in terms of like thinking through, um, yeah, what, what that looks like and in each one. And what do you find is podcasting? Because I always find there's something interesting about the conversation format of going back and forth that you can, um, you know, I personally love listening to podcasts when I'm like biking and it's just a great long form of you know, of absorbing information. Is that also what you find or what do you find are the, are the strengths of, of podcasting versus video? Yeah. Podcasting really comes into its own, I think with these longer form conversations, um, with these interviews and, um, you know, you wouldn't be engaged watching this podcast, for example, on video. And some people do have successful video podcasts, but for the longer form interview, you know, there's no benefit. There's no value in seeing our heads you know, on the screen, just talking away. Like the benefit of audio is that you can multitask. You can be doing it while you're driving, while you're at the gym, while you're, while you're cycling, whatever it may be. And, you know, I'm a big fan of doing all of that um, and using that potentially wasted time to educate myself. Um, so I listen to a lot of podcasts and that's the reason why I use podcasting. Even as a video guy, that's why I use podcasting um, in an audio only format um, for my audience, because that's the way that they consume this type of content. So again, it's about making the right decisions based on how you want to show up for your audience to provide the value that you want to provide. And so, so Ben too, I know I signed up for your initial course on, um, on video strategy, um, but what other things do you offer if people want to get a hold of you or will you be offering in the future? Sure. Yeah. So the online video strategy blueprint is my flagship course, which is designed for video producers making the transition to becoming confident video strategists. So for, for any of your audience that, that fits the bill, then absolutely check out online video strategy blueprint.com. But everything else is over at engagevideomarketing.com where you'll see links to my podcast, links to a free video course that I have called foundations. They can jump in on that anytime. And 
kind of excited to announce as well in, in early 2020, um, the Engage Video Marketing Academy will be kicking off. So um, that's an exciting opportunity to learn more about this as well. So uh, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com to get, on, get in on all that stuff. Great. Thanks so much. And then and lastly, do you have any recommended resources that you uh, appreciate before we end here in terms of other resources you recommend or check out um, any favorite books or audiobooks as people are looking uh, to, you know, end of 2019, looking into 2020 for things to pick up or listen to or follow? Awesome. Cool. Well, we've mentioned StoryBrand. I would absolutely um, just reiterate that. Listen to the StoryBrand podcast, grab the StoryBrand book. Um, that's had a, a good influence into particularly what we do in the world of story. Um, another, another book that I've been really enjoying lately um, in audiobook format is um, called Traction um, by Gino Wickman. So that's more of a business process. It's based around the idea of building um, some structures and processes in your business and with your team and that sort of stuff as well. So I, yeah, I recommend checking that out if you haven't heard about Traction. All right. How perfect. I always love gleaning tips and wisdom from, from other people. And I'm always looking for new audiobooks to pick up. So, well, thanks so much, Ben. It has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks, Wesley. Take care. All right. Take care. And that wraps up our podcast with Ben Amos. You've been listening to No Fat Cats, where we help high-performing creative teams get even better. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. Thanks for tuning in. I really hope you got something out of that conversation. I know I really did. And I'm going to start doing things a bit different in terms of really mapping out what that strategy looks like when working with our clients uh, first, as it's more important to have a solid strategy going into things than to simply produce something that looks beautiful, but um, doesn't have much of a strategy. And there towards the end, Ben mentioned the course that I'm actually a part of uh, his current course on video strategy. And I am really excited about his course for uh, that's coming out next year and I will definitely be checking that out and I encourage you to subscribe to this stuff and be in the loop whenever stuff comes out because um, out of all the people I've been listening to um, he really is one of the best when it comes to talking about strategy and why you need a clear strategy for the content you're producing if you enjoyed this podcast please feel free to share it with friends neighbors co-workers who might enjoy thinking through strategy and what that process looks like and if anything, hopefully you can develop more of a strategy for yourself and those you work with moving forward. Until next week, have a great one.